promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak-willed person I am. I'm a wonderful person. Hello and welcome back to the Tread Weary Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Carlton Smee, and this is the audio arm of Treadweary.com where we gather around the word looking at what it is that God is doing for us to bring us relief, to bring us rescue, to rescue us from ourselves, the attempts that we try to make in order to save ourselves and to almost relegate Jesus to nothingness. And and that's the work of the sinner. And so we need the work of the Savior to come and, and do this work on our behalf, often against our will, in order to redeem us from our sin to forgive it, to redeem us from the world and and, and all that tries to keep us from trusting in God. And without it, we are nothing. And here we've been going through the Gospel of John. We have been taking a look at it from a lens of worship. And we're going to try to do that today. It's going to be a little bit more difficult, but we are all the way halfway through uh, John chapter 15. We don't have much more to go, so just bear with us here, and then we're going to be figuring out a, a new direction to go with this Bible study, picking uh, some different things, as well as maybe having some guests. We're going to see how that's going to go. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and we're going to begin at verse 18. John 15, verse 18, and we're going to go to the end of the chapter. I begin to read, If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. Remember the word I spoke to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But they will do all these things to you on account of my name, because they don't know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have no excuse for their sin. The one who hates me also hates my father. If I had not done the works among them that no one else has done, they would not have sinned. Now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But this happened so that the statement written in their law might be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. When the counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. You also will testify because you have been with me from the beginning. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, send forth your spirit by the power of your word. Open it to us that we might hold to it, that we might learn to listen and to love you and your word and what you have done, that we might love one another more. In your name we pray. Amen. If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. And It's interesting being a Christian in America. Because persecution takes on a very different veil (laughs) in this country. If it ends up that uh, someone is basically being a jerk and and they get treated like a jerk, then they'll often cry persecution. Or because we don't 
we aren't being allowed to force everybody and their mom to pray while they're in school. We consider it persecution. Or if, for instance, right now, the the churches uh, in many of our states are asked not to gather in indoor worship, uh, guidelines from the state for uh, fighting COVID-19 here in the middle or near almost the end of August 2020, we are uh, we, we cry persecution, that we are being persecuted, that it is some sort of, of, of thing that, that we get to stand up and say no, um, which is, is fine. It, it's understandable, but it completely pales in comparison to the persecution that's happening all over the world for Christians in other places, uh, being jailed in China and North Korea, killed even. Uh, being uh, killed by uh, marauding bands of, of soldiers in Nigeria or, or uh, in Syria or, or elsewhere just for being Christian, not for doing, you know, just going about your day and you get killed, uh, uh, leading a church service and you get killed. So uh, here we have this verse in verse 18, if the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you to understand that the Christian life isn't about ease. It's not about uh, having uh, the the your best life now. To quote uh, a famous book, it's the reality that that the life of the Christian is centered on the Christ, whose life was centered on the cross. The cross being death embodied, the symbol of execution, and and it, it's gifted to us as this idea that. The Christian life is about sufferings. It's about afflictions. And it's about perseverance that comes out of that. It's the whole reason why in our worship, for instance, I, I was perusing some online worship today and, and seeing some topics that was like about uh, trying to avoid rage or, you know, whatever. Seven, seven principles for this or that. Or I heard one on my way home from services today, how to avoid the trap of sin and all these other things. And I'm sitting here going, okay, that's great. How about we preach Jesus Christ and him crucified because we're going to fall into sin. We're going to fall into temptation. We're going to get angry and we just preach Jesus and him crucified. And the fact that sometimes it's not going to go well for us, that in fact, sometimes people are going to hate us. This was the direction in many ways that, that one of my, uh, one, one of the, 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 teachers that that I find myself uh, uh, falling under as sort of a mentor, although I never knew him. He, he died before I, I went to seminary, Gerhard Ferdi. He talked about how Jesus and the cross is the embodiment of people hating God so much that they want to kill him in order to shut him up, that he was killed because Jesus came forgiving sins in his name, without charging anything for it, and people did not like it, especially the religious people. This image of the world hating us because we are called to proclaim this gospel of the free grace of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins without a pound of flesh, without even bearing quote-unquote fruits of repentance, because if we say, well, people need to show that they've really, really repented, then we make it about the repentance rather about the rather than about the grace rather than about the Christ and Ferdy was one who wanted to 
didn't necessarily deny substitutionary atonement as much as he was wanting to make the case that Christ came forgiving sins before the cross and that we kill Jesus in order to try and keep that from happening. And Jesus rises from the grave in order to prove that he can still do it, that he still has that power to forgive sins as well as taking on the sin of the world and redeeming us from it. Well, John goes on to say, If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. I read an article just this last week by a gentleman who wrote this book, Hipster Christianity. And I believe his last name is McCracken, but I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But he talks about how there's this epidemic of cool church. Right, And he wrote that book like 10 years ago, and he writes this article basically showing that, that nothing has changed. And the gist of the article is that the church, number one, can't keep up with all the different trends of popular culture. It, it can't keep up with trying to do sermon series on Jesus at the movies or whatever. And, and we, we've gotten to the point where people are entertained by other things. There are whole industries that the entire goal is entertainment, whether it's the movies or Disney or, or whatever. We have f- whole amusement parks that do things better than we could ever do at church. And, and realizing that church is about something else. Church is about connecting us to God, connecting us to one another, but even more so that we might hear the word of God, this word of God that's encapsulated in Jesus Christ is the forgiveness of our sins, the forgiveness of the fact that sometimes we don't find God cool, the forgiveness of the fact that... uh, (laughs) That, that sometimes we need to hear the gospel that comes to us to tell us that you are going to die and yet you are going to live, as I preached this morning in church. And there, there's this whole stream of, of the church that, that goes in many different directions. There's, there's, there's one that basically says, well, we are going to transform the culture. Right, and, and so that that's that's often the direction that that people take uh, in in which they're going to create, you know, the kingdom of heaven on earth, and that's never gone well. And it doesn't matter whether it's it's uh, folks talking about things in an atheistic way that we're going to create a utopian society. It never ends up to being a utopia. As well as you can go back in history and see all the people who've tried to bring God's kingdom on earth on their own in their way. It's always their interpretation of what they think the kingdom of heaven is going to look like. And so they craft this culture that ends up usually usually being very authoritarian and has no image of it whatsoever of the command, for instance, to love your neighbor and to love your enemies. And then there's another another side that that will say to live in the culture, which which tends to be the picture that I, I follow in the in the sense that that you live in the culture. You are part of the culture that you live in at this time. You just happen to be Christian. Okay, and then and then there's there's another line that will want to look like the culture in order to win other people. They'll take what what Paul said is that I've become all things to all men that I might uh, save some, uh, and so that's where we get uh, all these all this quote unquote Christian music that they try to mimic popular artists in order to try and get people to listen to that music instead of listen to the popular music, and it usually just ends up being really really bad because it often makes it sound like we're singing singing about Jesus as my girlfriend. 
Well, here, in, in some senses, this John text is telling us that we are not part of the culture, that we are not part of the world. And he, he says it, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. There's sort of this tension that we follow in the sense that we live in the world. We live in the culture because we're called to be witnesses. We'll get to that in a second. But we're not called to just run away from it. We're not called to flee from it. We're actually called to sit there and in many ways look at the world and find the places where the sinner is crying out, where the sinner is, is uh, where you, for instance, as a sinner, are, are attempting to save yourself. The, the, all the times that we deny the, the need for Christ and, and then have someone that lives in the culture that speaks the language that can come and tell us about this Jesus in the way that needs to happen so that we might hear of what it is that Christ has done. And, and that's where John then goes. Remember the word that I spoke to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Getting into the world and knowing that there's going to be some people that are just going to hate us and we are going to get pooped all over because of our faith. We're going to get pooped all over because uh, we actually try to do evangelism. We're going to get pooped all over because there's people that have a particular image of who Jesus is. And, and it becomes our job regardless to still, to, to still speak. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours, he says, calling us that within the culture, within the world, we live within the world, but we don't find our identity of the world, that there are going to be things that the world does that we have to say no, but there is not necessarily this this calling for us to to create a world that... um, that is supposed to be God's kingdom on earth, okay? And then John goes on to, to write, this is Jesus speaking, but they will do all these things to you on account of my name because they don't know the one who sent me. This, this, this condemnation in, in some respects of not knowing Christ is this condemnation of not knowing God. That, that there's, if, if we are to know Christ, we must know God. And if we are to know God, we must know Christ is this, is this position that we find ourselves in. And, and, and Christ is alluding to the fact that things are not going well for him in his ministry. They're not going to go well for him because we're just a couple chapters away from, from him being arrested. And, and he's saying that they're going to do these things to you, regardless of how much you try and placate them, that things are not going to go that great. And, and he goes on to say, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have no excuse for their sin. And, and then he says, if I had not done the works among them that no one else has done, they would not have sin. Now they have seen and hated both me and my father. He, he puts it in this position like this. And, and this was a discussion that was actually happening in a, uh, in a group that I'm part of on Facebook. Is, is, is there a difference between Christ forgiving our sins and us receiving the reward of that, that, that Christ forgives the sins of the world, but only believers receive the rewards of that. And I didn't really get myself in it because it's a deep theological thing. And I just don't like theological debate. I, I, I often get sucked into it and then it 
just drives me nuts for the next couple of days. And so I'm going to talk about it here and then I'm just going to leave it. So, so you're my confessors right now. The problem is, is that historically we look at history and 2000 years ago on a hill outside Jerusalem, Jesus Christ died for you, for your sins. It happened. It took place. And it becomes this, this calling of us that we have to trust that it was in Christ that that happened, that your sin is gone, that your sin is forgiven in Christ, no matter what. There's nothing that you can change it. You can't go back 2,000 years and, 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 and erase that. It's, it's already happened for you. It has taken place. And, and the issue for, quote-unquote, receiving the rewards or not, the rewards are there. They are there for you as they are there for me, as they are there for someone who doesn't believe. The, the calling for us in our faith is to trust that God is telling the truth, to trust that, that our sins needed to be on Christ on that cross, that, that our sins had to be soaked up by Jesus like a sponge, nailed to the cross, buried in the grave, and when he rose, they were left there. We have to trust that they needed to be to have that happen, but we also have to trust that they're forgiven. And and that's where faith is. Faith is just trust. Trusting that what God tells us is true. And the the issue that Jesus is dealing with here is that he's dealing with people who say, No, I can take care of my own sin on my own. And so it becomes this place for us, even in our worship. Today we had confession and absolution as part of the church service. We, we normally do, as Lutherans, open the service with that so that we might have an opportunity to hear that our sins are forgiven and then hear an, an uh, expounding of the scriptures to know that Christ has done that for us again so that we, we don't have an excuse, that we know of what Christ has done. We know of the necessity that we have for it. And if we decide to still remain obstinate, that's on us. That's not on Jesus. You know, there, there's, uh, uh, we can always get into this issue of election. He talks about it a little bit here. I've chosen you, uh, this, 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 this working of the spirit upon us, that it's the spirit opening our ears. And Jesus talks about this idea of election many, many times. We, we could, you know, go back and look at it as far as being born again. And, and that, uh, um, you know, all these different things. But here Jesus is saying that, that even for those who, who are doing the persecution, that persecution is forgiven, even. And yet their guilt remains if they decide, no, Jesus is not necessary for me. I can do things on my own, or I want to get rid of Jesus because he just doesn't sound like a fun guy. But Jesus then says this has happened so that the statement written in their law might be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. That's from Psalm 69, verse 4. And this is a psalm of David crying out, talking about unjust persecution, that, that he feels as though he is being persecuted uh, unjustly by both friend and foe. And it's quoted a few times in the New Testament. Uh, Zeal for your house has consumed me is, is quoted as a, uh, is, is quoted as um, Jesus zeal when he when he cleanses the temple but it's it's this call to to have God come and rescue us from being persecuted for no reason other than the fact that people are just being jerks right 
and it, and it has some beautiful places, uh, some beautiful verses in here for us, though, in Psalm 69. Do not let those who put their hope in you be disgraced because of me, Lord God of armies. Do not let those who seek you be humiliated because of me. This constant prayer that we should have is of that if we are connected to Christ, that that uh, we would be used by God to bring people to God rather than to have them reject God. Uh, you know, my prayer to you is for a time of favor, asking God for grace. In your abundant faithful love, God, answer me with your sure salvation. This this calling for God to do this working of salvation and saving us from our enemies and those who who wish us harm. Come, you know, I, the 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 desire that that. Uh, the 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 uh the those who are coming after us might be hindered and stopped by god and and jesus is quoting this john's quoting jesus quoting this as as this call to say no persecution is a normal part of the life of the child of god even because we're surrounded by sinners and those sinners need a savior and that savior is christ who comes well then he goes on in verse 26, when the counselor comes, the walk alongside her, the paraclete, the, the, the Holy Spirit, the, the one who is this advocate for God uh, on God's behalf to us, telling us of what God has done, the one I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me, being a witness about what it is that Christ has done, what it is that God has done. You also will testify because you have been with me from the beginning. This, this working of the Holy Spirit in us that calls upon us to testify even in the midst of persecution. One of the biggest questions that usually gets asked in churches is this issue of evangelism evangelism, this making of disciples. And part of what has struck my denomination and and other mainline denominations is often this assumption that if we just build it, they will come, right? Like if we just do uh, whatever, do this program, people will just show up. Or, well, we just have babies and those babies become Christians and then we're good to go never thinking that we actually have to share the gospel. We actually have to proclaim the gospel. We actually have to do this work of, of the great commission of going out to the ends of the earth, proclaiming the work of Christ on behalf of the world. And more often than not, we choose not to do that because we're worried about people hating us, right? Even though Jesus says what? The world's going to hate us anyways. We, we do it because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Well, it's this calling for us, though, of if we believe that we are sinners and the world is just sinners in need of a Savior, and we see a brother or sister in need that are just harming themselves, for instance, in one way, shape, or form, are we not going to want to bring them the Christ who is the one that frees them from that? the one that has lived the life for them so that they do not have to try to live life without him. And the reality is, is that maybe what we need to be doing right now for the next few months is begging God to send his spirit as a testimony within us that he might create us into witnesses that we might go out and preach and, and make disciples. 
starting with the questions of, well, why should somebody be a Christian? And if we don't have a good answer for that, then we have to ask ourselves, why am I a Christian? And then we have to go to, I'm going to go down my line, why Lutheran? Why a Lutheran Christian? Why not a Presbyterian Christian or a Pentecostal Christian or whatever? And then we might even have to go down the line of why an ELCA Lutheran Christian versus Missouri Synod versus a Wisconsin Synod versus LCMC or NALC, all these different things, these questions that we should ask of ourselves that we might go out and be these witnesses, this calling for us to do that. Well, I pray that God would do that for you, church. I pray that God's Spirit would be active and working in you so that you might become a witness for the Christ who has done so much for you. And with that, though, I say go with the blessings of God upon you. Make sure that you are uh, taking a moment, maybe, to write a review for this uh, this podcast, wherever you are listening to this podcast, send us comments and questions on my website, treadwary.com, T-R-E-A-D-W-E-A-R-Y, and I will answer those on the air. And maybe even give us some ideas of things that we can improve or, or things you would like to hear or see, because in a few weeks, we're going to be done with John. In, in, in a few weeks, maybe five, six weeks, we might be done with John and it will be time to move on to something else. Uh, but uh, keep that in mind as we continue to move forward. Well, as I said, go with the blessings of God upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.